What is the potential for 5G to revolutionize enterprise operations and consumer expectations of connectivity? The possibilities of 5G are endless as it presents a world of opportunity. It helps business owners do things faster, seek new revenue opportunities, and take their businesses further than ever before. On this episode of Connected with Lori, I am excited to share thoughts with Brendan O'Reilly, CTO at BAI Communications. I'm your host, Lori Caruso. Get ready. The future of technology is upon us. Hey, Brendan, how are you? It's so great to see you on the show. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Laurie. I'm very well. I'm here in London. The sun is shining. It might be hard to believe the sun is shining, but good news for anybody worried about London weather. We've been told it's going to snow next week, so it'll be back to usual for us. Wait a minute. It's going to snow. So you're going to tell me what this weather's all about. I want to hear it because I know I hear it's raining a lot, but snow? Yeah, it's a bit unusual for us here, but it's it's, it's been raining for quite a bit in, in the UK. We've had a couple of days of sunshine. But yeah, it's going to return to to adverse weather, as it is called here in the UK, because we like to be quite British about it. Uh, and yeah, apparently we're going to have some snow. Oh, no. Well, you have to let me know. I mean, is it supposed to be a big storm? Small storm? No, no, no. No, just a dusting. No, it'll, be, it'll be a flurry. It'll be a flurry and it will undoubtedly bring us to a standstill. Oh, of course it will. Of course it will. Well, I can say we're finally starting to see grass around here. I'm saying, you know, we've had quite a bit of snow this year, so I'm happy to get rid of it. <laughs> Maybe you've sent it to us. Maybe that's there the it problem. Is. <laughs> there it is. It's on its way, Brendan. So, Brendan, I'm so excited, like I said, to have you on the show. You're at BAI Communications, and I know you've been in the industry for a very long time, something like 20 years or so. Yeah, time. so I've been. Uh, yeah, I was with uh, an MNO in the UK O2 uh, until uh, until the end of February, and I've been with BAI for a month now. So, wow, how is it? What's it like? Is it exciting? It, yeah, no, it's brilliant. I, you know, I was really, I was really drawn to BAI for sort of three main reasons. You know, firstly, the people. Um, I, I met a few people uh, along the way, and and um, they're a really high caliber group of individuals. Um, but what drew, drew me to them is the second reason is their focus on the strategy. You know, the fact that neutral host private networks will allow companies and communities to flourish and the role that they can play in that uh, I found really compelling. And then the, the, the strategy for growth is it's a really exciting time to be part of the telecommunications industry. Well, and it is. It's exciting. There's no question. I mean, the technology is just moving at the speed of light, as I always say. And it's interesting, too, where you're coming from, from your past, coming from, you know, the operator side to now you're now deploying the systems and working with them side by side. What's it like now working on the opposite side, so to speak, of the spectrum of deployment? Yeah, I think I think the thing for me that's become apparent is operators everywhere around the world are looking for trusted partners. And, you know, that trust takes time to build up. And, and the great thing about BAI is they've been building that up over a number of years in a number of those markets. And what I'm really excited about doing is helping them continue to do that. Trust is such an important factor in all relationships. But for the MNOs, what they need is someone who, if they say they'll do something, it happens. If they say it will cost something, that's the cost they see. And that, you know, if you can build that trust up, it's a recipe for success. And what what I really like about BAI is, um, you know, if they say they'll do something, that, that they get it done. 
Wow. And it's important because you definitely need to be able to hold yourself at that standard um, because one small slip and it could cost you your reputation. So it's critical. Yeah, it's critical. So now talking about BAI, you're the chief technology officer at BAI. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing at BAI. What's some of the, um, you know, some of the packages that you're offering and some of the suites that you that you offer to customers? Yeah, so, you know, BAI is, is, uh, is an interesting company. It's about, you know, 100 years old. It actually started in Australia. It's actually a part of a government agency. Uh, and it does broadcast networks in Australia, mainly. That's what it's known as. But, you know, we do transit systems for the Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, in New York, in Toronto. And we're, um, we're down to the last couple of bidders for, um, for the transit uh, system in the UK. So, you know, transit is, is a big part of our, of our growth strategy. Um, the interesting thing about where that takes us is transit is such an important factor for communities. And what I'm really passionate about is smart communities. Uh, and you hear a lot of people talk about smart cities, but for me, it's about smart communities because cities are made up of communities. If you, if you, have, if you have a smart transit system, and that's part of it. If you have a smart education system, a smart socioeconomic system, then those communities can build and that's how you eventually get to a smart city. And the role that I see BAI playing in that as a, a trusted advisor, a trusted partner in building those private networks, those neutral host systems that allow the likes of transit operators, governments and MNOs to be able to deliver the services that they're looking to do at a really cost effective uh in a cost effective way but with outcomes in mind you know uh, technology you know i'm a cto and i can't believe i'm going to say this but technology is technology it will work right and it generally does we get there we make technology work the important thing is why are we making it work what is it we're trying to do what is the effect it will have on you and me the communities around us that's where it becomes really interesting and that's what what you know bai are really passionate about it's about the outcome so, Brendan, you know, you're talking about transportation. You bring up really great points and why it's so important to have connectivity. You know, whether you're on a bus, a train, a plane, it doesn't matter. You don't necessarily think about connectivity until you feel or you don't have connectivity on a train. And then you're saying, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Now, that's your commute. It's an important piece to your day. Whether you're going to the office or going home, staying connected to your families, your expectation, you know, you're gone for so long. You need to have that time in between to be able to communicate. And I know you had mentioned you have two sons. What's the importance to staying connected with family? Yeah, I, I think that the family angle is, is over the last couple of years, what's really drawn me to the fact of how important being able to communicate at, at any point in time is. You know, I have two sons, they're 11 and seven, and, and Sam, the younger one, consumes technology in a much different way to, to his older brother, Jake. And those four years age different has, has shown me how far technology has advanced. Sam is a technology first kind of kid, right? So if he needs to do something, he's doing it through technology, whether that's playing with his friends, whether that's communicating with family, with, it, with, with his friends. And what that has done for me is, especially over the last year, as we, we think about it from a work point of view, the way we've had to communicate has changed. You know, we've had to go from being able to interact with people in offices to having to do virtual whiteboard sessions to project team meetings and learning to do that and communicate in that different way, I think will set us up for as we come out of this, 
pandemic and we begin to get back to normal, we're going to use that commute in a very different way. For some people, it will be about getting that extra hour or hour and a half out of their day to get something done or get something over the line. For others, it will be about diffusing going into work or coming out of work and getting ready to go home. And finding that work-life balance is going to be so important as we stay continually connected. And not just the communication itself, but the, the networks we put in place allow businesses and communities to stay connected, whether that's fiber or neutral host, and they allow cities and communities to live, breathe and work. And that's why it's so important for the, you know, the post-pandemic communities that we live and work in. Absolutely. And the evolution to building a smart city, which you had mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, you need to have smart all the way around the city to get the people to the city to continue being smart in your technology. So it's important yeah. and critical. There's no question. And, you know, you, you mentioned the pandemic. It, you know, wow, things have changed in our worlds. And, you know, being you in the UK, I'm in America, we have the same issues that we're seeing from, you know, we don't see necessarily as many people going into work these days. They're staying at home, just like you're at home, I'm at home right now. This is how we're working it. But eventually we'll be back at the office and we're gonna need to continue having technology move forward with the advancements to be able to have those people have connectivity into yeah. those cities and that heartbeat, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about coming out of, of what we've gone through in the last year, our working habits have changed. You know, I'm sure you're the same, but for many people who continue to work from home, their days have got longer, you know. And for those people who maybe in the UK, we had, we had furlough, you know, there were people who were paid to stay at home because their businesses couldn't, couldn't operate. Those businesses are going to want to digitize and, and change the way that they operate so they're more efficient in the future. So for all of us, whether we haven't been working over the last year or we have been working over the last year, as we come out of this, the way of working is going to change and technology is going to play a fundamental role in that. And, you know, people talk about 5G as a way of connecting all of these communities, but I think it's slightly bigger than that. It's about having the right infrastructure in the right place to allow those communities to do what they, they need to do. You know, if it's a, a big port, uh, which is, you know, goods coming and going, they need a different type of communication system to a transit authority, a different kind of system to a local community or a school. And, you know, technology and communications are gonna be vital to how we come out of what we've been through in the last year. Absolutely. Now, also, I know you mentioned out of your suite, your portfolio, um, Neutral Host. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing today and maybe how it's also changed. The landscape's changed. Um, you know, are you gaining the network operators to the venue itself as successfully as you would have maybe a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think um, each of the markets is very different when it comes to, to neutral host. You know, we've got a very good relationship with the the MNOs in in New York, and they're all part of our system uh, on the MTA uh, in New York. And you know, the reason why they continue to work with us is, as I said at the start, it's about building that trust and working with them. And you know, that then allows us to to move into things like uh, you know above ground small cells. You know, they'll trust us to be able to deliver those types of uh, infrastructure and technology. I think for a lot of uh, mobile operators, they're beginning to see that their real battleground for success is in the experience. It's not necessarily about owning the tower. We've seen operators around the world sell off their infrastructure uh, and to, to monetize 
that to be able to continue to deliver great services. And uh, I think that's a, a trend that will continue. Um, you know, we've seen it in the US, we're seeing it in, in Australia and in the UK, all of the operators recently agreed to build one rural network where they'd all join it to be able to provide choice to, to rural communities. So I think we're at a real inflection point where the investment required for 5G from all of the operators, um, trying to compete on infrastructure alone isn't going to set them apart. They're really interested in what service they can provide. How can they differentiate with their end customers? And for us as a neutral host operator, we want to be a trusted party with those operators. We don't want to compete with them. We're not trying to take their customers. We're trying to give them the infrastructure that allows them to be as competitive as they want to be with with end consumers and end enterprises and you know that's why i think 5g is a very very interesting inflection point for the industry when it comes to neutral hosts it sure is it really is and i want to hear more about where you guys are going for future 5g before we do that though we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after these messages Having different fleet management needs shouldn't require different vendors. If you need to track a mixed fleet of light and heavy-duty trucks, portable assets, or heavy machinery, Sperian has you covered with its Fleet Locate solutions. Sperian also offers AI-driven dash cams designed to increase driver safety, reduce liability risk, and lower cost of claims. Visit Sperian.com to learn more. Welcome back, Brendan O'Reilly from BAI Communications. Again, I'm so excited to have you on the show. And before the break, you know, we were going through all sorts of dynamics of 5G, where it's going, what's happening from, from your perspective. And, you know, I always find it intriguing, you know, being that you're global, you have so much presence in so many different parts of the world. I'm curious where we rate and how you're seeing technology going, you know, where is it going and is it you know faster over in the UK than it is in Hong Kong and what's Australia looking like maybe you can give a little bit of info on that sure no and I think the really interesting thing about 5G is it's still evolving as a technology and different markets are approaching it in a different way and um, what I see happening over the next couple of years is all of those learnings coming together and actually creating the 5G networks of the future but if we take you know the the, the Far East you know China Japan, Korea were obviously at the, the bleeding edge of 5G rollout uh, right at the start. And then you had two really fast followers, and they were Europe and the US. Uh, the US, you know, took a, a view that millimeter wave, you know, working with the likes of Samsung, uh, really developing that standalone uh, situation uh, that Verizon and AT&T have been working on. That, that was one way to go. And what Europe did is they went very much with the non-standalone approach, uh, which is using 4G to anchor their 5G and, and, and roll it out in, in that way. So what you saw is two fast followers uh, to, to the bleeding edge of, of the Far East. And what that's done, you know, from, from my point of view, is it gives us lots of learnings. You know, we learn things from Hong Kong um, that we're able to use in markets like the UK and the US and, and Canada. Uh, but equally, we're seeing the way that 5G is developing in the US, which is helping us in our other markets like Australia uh, and the UK. So uh, we're really lucky and really fortunate to be working in so many different markets with so many great operators. Um, and all of those learnings we're finding really valuable to bring to our wider customer ecosystem. 
Well, it definitely sets the stage to having an advantage for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, when we're, you know, developing 5G and, you know, our engineers and our network te technicians are working it on this side to have the information that may have already been created, the mistakes that may have been created ahead of time to be able to get faster, further through this is, you know, as you're seeing it, it, you definitely set that advantage apart, I would imagine. And I'm sure maybe in other parts like here in the States, you're probably looked at as an expert to be able to help because of that. Yeah, I think, yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think, you know, having built that relationship up with the operators when it came to the, to the system that we built in New York, you know, talking to them about 5G, I think, uh, and the learnings that we have from the other markets does give us credibility. But you know, the, the technology itself is one part of it. But how do we how do we use that technology to improve their overall customer experience? How can we help them with the challenges they have from a coverage or a capacity point of view in these really dense urban environments, which we know are, are so difficult to get right for operators? And I think it's it's that outcome based approach rather than the technology based approach that I believe sets us apart. But you're right, having having those insights from different markets really does help. And, you know, we, I see us as facilitators of information as like glue. You know, if we can take learnings from one market and use it for another to help their advancement, then that's great. You know, and that's really the role that, you know, not just as a, as a technology team I'd like us to play, but BAI as a whole. I can also see too, though, it being somewhat of a, maybe not necessarily a struggle for you, but being that you're CTO of a global company with so many different dynamics all over the world, you know, if you say, okay, this is what we're going to do here because they're doing it over here. And then you fall short on that decision to move forward with something because it changed or you're not, they're not so advanced as you are given that you're working in another location. I'm just curious about that as well. Like how, how do you keep it going and on track? Yeah, you know, you're right. There are going to be markets move at different, at different paces, but, you know, building up those relationships, like in the UK, we've been working with the transit authority in London for, for a number of years um, and, and being ready for, for when they're ready to go to market with what they want to do. Um, you know, trying to come in and do that overnight is never going to work. So we try and build long-term relationships um, because that's that's what's best for everybody. You know, you don't want a relationship that comes quite quickly and you don't know if you've got that trust between people. You know, the markets we're in, we're in for the long term. So, you know, if that market isn't quite ready, that's okay. We'll hold that information. We'll work with our customers and our partners to see when the opportunity is right. And, you know, private networks is a really interesting uh example of that because private networks are uh, an area that's really come to the fore over the last 18 months but we've been building private networks for years in transit um systems right so we've been building private networks for the likes of the mta or the ttc in toronto um and we've got that experience of working in some of the harshest environments underground you know very contained timeframes when you can work, actually taking that to the next level, we believe we're a really great partner for private networks as we move forward. And, and that's not because we see private networks just as an area for growth. Actually, it's part of our heritage. It is. There's no question. I had a chance to go through your website and I was intrigued by it because it's very futuristic, especially with transportation and such. But give me some other examples, too, for 5G. I mean, you talk about private networks, obviously, but talk about data analytics and some of the other things that you're using with 5G. 
Yeah, I, you know, data and analytics is going to become the, the the language and the currency of how technology evolves uh, in the future. And you know, for us at, at, at BAI, it it's it's a way of working that takes quite a lot of the emotion out of decisions. So you know, we try and use data to be able to set a series of facts together to allow us to make decisions, to allow our partners to make decisions. We were working with the uh, Toronto Transit uh, Authority um, during the pandemic about, you know, the number of people who would be using their systems, their ticketing system, you know, how could we use our insights to be able to help them develop products that were fit for the for the times that we were that we were in and in New York you know we use we use analytics to be able to help fulfill our customers business needs um, as we move forward you know the uh, transit of the future and the community the smart communities of the future you know the number of people that we have in certain um, places in our city using the transit how we are able to tailor the service for them you know you can see a point in the future if I take London as an example, we've got a great venue, uh, a great music venue uh, here called the O2. If you're traveling on the on the underground on the way to that music venue or to a sports stadium like Wembley, you know, you have a ticket, you have a digital ticket. You're able to use the fact that that digital ticket is is held on your phone. You're able to send, you know, uh, highlights of previous games or previous concerts to people as they're traveling towards them. They're able to order their merchandise on the way so that they're not in a big queue. They pick it up as they get there. They're able to order their beverages, their, their, their food and drink, you know, and, and you can see a, a place in the future where that could be delivered to their seat. The whole experience becomes one that is tailored to them and that personalization of that experience, uh, you know, analytics and, and the data that we have today will allow us to do it. But the challenge for all of us is we need to do it in a trusted way. I come back to trust. You know, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna hold your data, Laurie, you'll want to know that that data is safe, and I'm only going to use it for your betterment, not for somebody else's. And and so building up that trust over time is really, really important. Again, really great point that you just made. And a lot of people look at this and say, analytics. What does this mean? You know, you're getting all this information from me on a constant basis. Some people don't even know it's happening. And then all of a sudden they're traveling, right? And they're in a train and they get to their destination. They're like, hey, you wanted the shirt. You might as well go get it because it's 20% off now because we know that you're on your way and we know that you like that shirt because we saw you looking at that shirt. So it is definitely something that you kind of worry about. So I'm so happy that you brought up the trust part though. Say that again. I wanted you to say that again as far as how trusting this is for analytics and what the expectation is for them. You know, I I personally, you know, I I I use my I use my phone like everybody does, but I, I there are apps that I really like my banking app. I trust it. It's my bank. I know they've got my best interests at heart. I know the information they hold about me, and I transact with it. As we grow and try and personalize the experiences that that we are giving our communities, we have to build that trust. And and the only way to do that is to take these small steps. You know, um, the pandemic was an interesting inflection point where people wanted to know that they were going to get on a carriage of a train that wasn't crowded. They were willing to give up 
data to be able to help direct them to a carriage that that they felt comfortable in it's these small steps that we take that will help us that will allow us to build the data analytics analytics ecosystem that will help deliver personalized experiences for you and for me and Laurie, we, we me and you could go to the same concert and we might want very different things out of that but we're going to go to the same concert we'll travel in the same way and we can have unique experiences even though we're at the same venue and i think that's you know a, a magical future for for data and analytics magical future that is fantastic and you know on your website too and when i opened with the intro you know this is creating opportunities for business owners to be able to do something that they might not necessarily have been able to do by reaching to their customer base in a whole wow. different unique way and being able to capitalize on that but also from you know just a fan experience or whatever the experience is it definitely is just time consuming or time wasting. It's not time wasting anymore. I can do my shopping right while I'm on my phone, traveling to my venue, whatever it is. So there's so yeah. many different aspects that really benefit for sure. Absolutely. And, and look, us, you know, as a telecommunications industry have a unique opportunity to play a vital role in our, the lives of our communities as they go forward. And I think, you know, I come back to, you know, you've got to be open about that. You've got to be open about what you're going to do. And then you build that trust with government, with transit authorities, but with end customers themselves. And, you know, that I think is is a really unique offering. And, you know, the role that we we play in that is facilitating those relationships to help build those trusts. And that's, you know, we're, I'm really proud of the work that the guys have done in in Canada and in New York. You should be. You absolutely should be. Well, this is fantastic, Brendan. What a wealth of information. And like I said, it's so important for us to understand what everybody's doing globally. And you really have been able to bring that in. So thank you so much for that. Um, one last question I usually end on, and I'm super curious. With the pandemic, yes, we've been talking about the pandemic quite a bit. And I do see it in our future ha having some sort of bright light there. But what personally or professionally have you changed in your world due to the pandemic that you're doing today? Yeah, it's it's something that I did uh, something that I did just before the pandemic, if, if I'm honest. And it was it was to uh, choose when to consume work technology. So I um, I don't have my email, my work email on my phone anymore. It was a choice that I made. Uh, I have so many other ways of being connected. And what I found was, you know, in the evening or at the weekend, I'd, I'd look at my phone and that little red dot would tell me that I had something that, that could take me away from being present, you know, with my family and with my kids. And, and that's something that I've, I've taken. It happened just before, but I've, I've sort of honed it during the pandemic. But I think that the other thing is that there's a big difference between being quiet and listening and you know I'm having conversations with people and you can tell whether somebody is listening because of the way that they're reacting and how they're taking it in and allowing somebody to talk is very different to listening to what they've got to say and I think the more that we listen the more that we take on board each other's opinions you know not just from a technology point of view but from a wider community point of view uh, I think we'll be in a much better place so uh, the, the other thing is really trying to listen to what people are, are saying, not just not just allowing them the freedom to speak. Great lesson. There's no question. Work-life balance, as well as you learn when you listen. I love it. Thank you so much. Brendan O'Reilly from BAI Communications, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. 
Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Interested in being part of our show or advertising on our podcast? Contact us at info at fifthgenmedia.com for more information. We'd love to be a part of your success.